Live from our studio in Babson Park, Massachusetts, it's the Fred Opie Show, where we unpack history to positively impact the future. I am Fred Opie, your host. Thanks for joining us. In the case of the Commonwealth versus Daryl Jones, a judge ruled Jones had not received a fair trial and overturned his murder conviction. Now almost 50, Jones served 32 years in a Massachusetts prison for a crime he didn't commit. State prison officials released him in December 2017. I interviewed him about the experience of incarceration through the lens of food. I decided to entitle this documentary Joint Genius because it illustrates the gifts, creativity, and soul that those in prison employ to eat with dignity in an undignified space. In my book, Hog and Hominy, Soul Food from Africa to America, I define soul in part as surviving with dignity. Prison chefs and food hierarchies. Historically, boiling, steaming, frying, toasting, grilling, baking have been the most common culinary techniques. But how do you perform them when you're incarcerated and when it's illegal to have knives, metal objects, and or boiling objects which can be used as weapons? How do you get access to cooking equipment when you're incarcerated? For incarcerated people, these are important daily questions because prisoners are often hungry. In prison, chefs, food purveyors, inventors, electricians, fix-it folks, and tinkerers are respected members of a prison's population and well-compensated entrepreneurs in a joint's barter system. Each of them plays key roles in a prison's pop-up kitchen culture, which we'll talk about they do business in an environment in which prison officials actively work to repress their supply lines, culinary creations, and business transactions. However, high market demand among hungry inmates keeps their underground kitchens and related businesses thriving. You have your guys that you're going to look for who can make your whole meal. Some guys make meals and sell meals, sell sandwiches, tuna sandwiches. With Roman numerals, you have a tuna fish sandwich, you may have Lay's chips on there and then little cheese. And, you know, that's a delicacy. But once a week you go to canteen. So you go and, you you know, you write and put your order in or whatever and you go and, and this is what they're going to give you all in one bag. And you buy your Roman numerals, whatever you're going to buy. And so different jails, you spend different amounts. Some jails, you can spend $40 a week. Some jails, you can spend like Norfolk, I think it's 75 to $80 a week. Norfolk prison is the elite of the prisons. It's the only place you can buy Ben and Jerry ice cream in the, from the canteen. Norfolk actually sells chicken and cooking oil. They actually have uh, ancient mama syrup and pancake mix. In the Max, O'Connell, you ain't doing none of that. In terms of food, what has the most value? No, it's actually chicken. It's chicken. We don't get it. It, it may not be the chicken from no farm out here. It's, it's likely the chicken that's down south on his own farm that got kicked out of the pin with the other chickens right <laughs> it's likely him nonetheless it's chicken yeah chicken there's a line and everybody's you know trying to cut everybody off to outbid let me get them chicken legs norfolk prison so there you can cook brothers bake cakes if it's your birthday and you want to get a cake can you get one made by one of the block chefs it depends on where you are 18 different prisons so there's mediums and maximum at the Norfolk, like I said, you can buy that stuff, cake mix, and you can make you a cake. If you're in the maximum, guys will, but guys get various cakes, honey buns, mix it together and take frosting off of another kind of honey bun and frosting out of a Susie Q, you know, if they happen to have something like that, and take that out and hook it up. 
creation of beverages, moonshine, creating alcohol from just about anything. There are guys in there, man, that will make some liquors that that take and whatever they get. And they do these different versions of strains. Like they, it, they work on it for like a, two weeks. So if somebody made their batch two weeks, can hold it that long. I mean, it get by because the police do shakedowns yeah. randomly. And they come in to sell. There are guys that have, they strain it so many times where it's clear, like gin. Still amazed by that one. So there are guys that have come out here, man, and make something that just close bars down. Knock you off your feet. The show will be right back. Visit our website at fredopi.com. Check out our podcast archive and review the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. The best way to support the podcast is to tell a friend. Share the show on Facebook and Twitter or send them to our website at fredopi.com. Welcome back to this edition of The Fred Opie Show, unpacking history to positively impact the future. Kitchens and kitchen equipment. If you think about it, the size of your kitchen and the equipment in it is a good indicator of one's status. Do you have a working refrigerator? Freezer? How big is it? Does it work? Do you have a stove? How many working eyelets does it have? How big is it? How about an oven? Do you have one? How big is it? And does it work? Where do you make your meals? Are they done on hot plates or similar devices? In this segment of Joint Genius, we get answers to these questions from the perspective of incarcerated folk and how they make do and thrive in prison. From my perspective, they're real. I grew up with a dad who lived as a young child through the Great Depression. And even though we lived as a middle-class family, and my dad, by the way, was a Sing Sing prison guard, we had a refrigerator that in many ways was dysfunctional. We had a refrigerator in which there were more there was more ice in the refrigeration part than in the freezer, hanging off of the roof. This same refrigerator, I can see it right now. It was light brown on the outside, and we had all kinds of contraptions to keep the door closed because the door no longer stayed closed. We had a stove, an electric stove with eyelets, and there were times when there were four eyelets on the stove, but only three of them worked. We had an oven that stopped working completely and it took forever for my dad to finally go out and purchase another stove and another oven. I understand these questions from my own experience as a child and growing up with somebody who lived through the depression. Do any of you out there know what I'm talking about? Probably similar if you had the opportunity to go to college or grad school, many of us lived on the fringes as it were in places that had terrible conditions in terms of refrigeration, mini freezers or refrigerators, or had a stove. There was a time when I was doing field work in Central America, and the family who I stayed with, they cooked their entire meals off of hot plates. So these are some of the things we'll talk about today on this segment of Joint Genius. Norfolk Prison is the elite of the prisons, and Walpole Master. Prisons are right here in people's backyards, mm-hmm. and people act like it doesn't exist. Norfolk Prison actually has stoves. That's why it's, you know, it's the medium. It's considered a medium, but it's, um, you know, it's la- lifers and natural lifers and, you know, all groups of people. And you have to be at a certain level to be there. And brothers do anything to stay there, tell on each other, do all kind of stuff, you know, set up each other, whatever, to stay there. So the hot pots are clear. They're like very small versions of what you might think 
as a crock pot. They don't have any knobs or anything. And you can only boil water in them. But the point is the water's not allowed to get hot because you okay. can't have hot water because back in the day, guys would throw that water on your boil oil. You know, that's a weapon. So it'll get as warm as your faucet water. It'll plug it in, but that's it's not going to get warmer than if you went and ran some water out of your sink. If that hot. You got guys in there, man, that can make anything. Guys will take those pots. Now, they'll write you up for that, meaning you'll get loss of canteen and things like that. Guys yeah. modify it, and then it will boil. And some guys are real clever, so they, it, they get by that. And electricians. Does that become a source of revenue when you know how to of hook them pots up? Of course it does, because you're going to go to the fix-it guy. The guy that fix your headphones. There's the guy that literally wells back any little part of anything that's broke. Your TV. You know, your TV break out about another TV. There's a guy... This guy can just take a laptop out here and take it apart and set it up. He knows every circuit board. He just knows it. And he's one of the expertise. He amplify your, your headphone, amplify your little radio, and they'd be playing super bass, things they never had. Brothers make stingers, which means they take wires and they'll break um, whatever they can find metal and connect wires to it and then make a plug and then put that in one set of water, sit something in there, and it boils the water. And it's a stinger, so that's what it's called. We, we call it a stinger. It's going to make your water hot. It will boil just like anything else will boil. Because once you put it in, the electricity is making it so hot that it's just boiling the water. And the water will boil just like any other thing will boil, just as hot. What a stinger is and how that works, and if yours don't work, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And if you blow your power off, you know your power's off for a week. So you're not going to watch your TV or listen to your radio because they're not going to put the power on because you're not supposed to have a stinger. And sometimes somebody <laughs> make them cheaply, it blow your power out. So you got to make a choice. I didn't like stingers because that would be what's happening. I'm like, if I blow the power out on Monday, they're not coming back to put it back on until that next Monday. You're out of TV, out of radio, and out of everything. So you have that option, and your brother be like, man, well, I want this warm meal. And some people take that option. They set the power up where it's going to blow, and they, they find a way to lower it and lower it and whatever they do to electricity. I'm going to share my takeaway in the form of questions from this series called Joint Genius. Are you the same person now as you were in your late teens and early 20s before your frontal cortex was fully developed? That doesn't happen in most males until age 26 or later what if the answers to our needs as a society and a country are inside prisoners with 20 or 30 year sentences or even perhaps life sentences the cure for cancer Lou Gehrig's disease global warming bipartisan politics they all could be locked up behind bars is it a better return on our tax dollars to invest in reforming and educating convicted offenders or warehousing them. When a person has positively changed and that change has been documented, should we continue to treat them the same? What about those of us who call ourselves Christians? What do we do with the teachings of Jesus Christ to visit and look after prisoners? Those are just some of the questions that come to mind after spending time volunteering in prisons myself and meeting people like Daryl Jones. And remember, he was wrongfully convicted and spent decades behind bars. That's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening. To hear more content like it, go to fredopi.com. If you have questions about advertising and sponsoring this show, contact us at fdopie at gmail.com. That's fdopie at gmail.com. Write me to speak, teach, and consult 
at fdopie at gmail.com. That's fdopie at gmail.com.